This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible Adult Resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study. We examine some questions teachers may face, and we give some teaching tips along the way. This fall, we are studying the Gospel of Mark. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Bill Craig. Bill serves as our Senior Vice President. He leads the work over our Publishing and Ministry Experiences team, uh, which is just an incredible um, group of teams, actually, not just one team, it's many teams, uh, and he leads that work, so we're really thankful for him. Bill, thank you for being here. Well, Amber, thank you for letting me come back again. I enjoy every time I get to join this podcast. Well, we appreciate it. Today, we will look at session three. Um, we are still kind of in the beginning parts of the of the Gospel of Mark, but it has been a really good study so far. Uh, today, we will specifically be discussing Mark chapter three, verses 20 through 30. So I'll just begin with our outline. If you are a quick source user or have a quick source handy, this is printed there, but it gives just a general overview of what's taking place in the verses that we'll study today. And then after that, we will jump into some questions that could come up in your discussion with your Bible study group this week. In Mark chapter 3, verses 20 through 22, uh, so Jesus went to a house for a meal, but the crowds gathered so much that it made it impossible for him to eat. Word had spread and many uh, were finding their way to Jesus to either see him or to receive healing from him. Uh, and so he had gained some notoriety. His family wanted to restrain him uh, and they viewed Jesus as possibly insane uh, the religious leaders portrayed Jesus as being demon-possessed or performing miracles through demonic power. So there was a lot of talk about what was happening, and many were questioning where Jesus received his abilities from. In verses 23 through 27, Jesus addressed these concerns. He addressed his family and the religious leaders using parables about a kingdom and a house being divided. Both situations would lead to disaster. Jesus noted that the house can't be plundered until the strong man is bound by a stronger man. And this indicated that his deity and his miracles actually opposed the works of Satan, freeing people from the devil's power. In the final verses, verses 28 through 30, Jesus issued a warning that all sins can be forgiven except for blaspheming the Holy Spirit. This sin is seen in the continual dismissal of Jesus's works, or the attribution of these works to demonic sources. Our overall summary statement for this session is this. Jesus has authority over all creation, including Satan. It's really a good passage and one that I think will be a good study for your group this week. Well, Bill, let's just begin with a question. Why do many people today struggle to believe there is an actual devil? And does it matter? Well, it matters a whole lot. I'll get to that in just a moment. Why do people struggle to believe uh, there's an actual devil? And research bears this out. So there's a there's a lot of research Barna and others have done that show uh, even people who believe in God have a hard time believing in the supernatural. So they don't believe in uh, an actual devil. They also don't believe in the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, you know, they just struggle because if it's not scientifically observable, there's no reason for them to believe it's true. Barna's research said it's hard for achievement-driven, self-reliant, independent people to believe that their lives can be impacted by unseen forces. So we just live in this culture where people uh, have a hard time believing there is a supernatural world around us. They're just convinced that what is in our natural world, what we can see and touch and feel and hear, hear uh, and observe, that's what is real. They have a hard time believing in the supernatural. But it's so important to believe. You ask that question, like, is it important to believe? Mm -hmm. Well, it is. Jesus believed uh, in Mark chapter 1, uh, the gospel writer tells us that Jesus was tempted by the devil. Uh, in Luke 4, 1 through 13, you have the whole episode described how Jesus is uh, tempted by the devil and Jesus speaks with the devil and rebukes the devil and uses scripture to, uh, to send the devil away. It's so important. First Peter 5, 8 says, your adversary, the devil, is prowling around looking for who to devour. And Ephesians 6, 10 and 11 talks about the kind of spiritual warfare we're in every day where uh, the, the supernatural powers, our battle is not against you know, the principalities, but against uh, these demonic unseen forces that are in the in the world even though we can't see them so it is important to believe that there is a supernatural world that there is spiritual warfare jesus believed it we should believe it uh it's it's around us all around us it is and you know you shared some statistics and i see that i see that in just friends and family and acquaintances that uh, maybe don't necessarily um, put a lot of stock in something that they can't see. And so I, I see that, but I think there is, it is important, especially for believers, just to recognize that there, we have an adversary. You shared the scripture. Uh, we have an adversary that is prowling. Uh, a couple of other names that I think are important to remember. He is called uh, an accuser and a deceiver. And the more we can remember that, uh, the more we can recognize maybe how he is accusing and deceiving us and so that we can stand firm uh, and know how to handle that. So it's, it's, it is really important even, even just to recognize he is trying to tempt us to sin. And so the more we can be on the alert for that, the better off we are. So that's exactly right. Uh, so another question again about Satan <laughs> Uh, but this one is, it's just a really good question. Since Jesus has authority over Satan, why is he allowed to deceive people and tempt us to sin? Well, this is a fascinating, difficult, mysterious question for sure. So in Genesis chapter one, when God creates, he looks around and at the end of Genesis one, he's, the Bible says he looked around and he said, this is very good. Uh, but by the time Genesis 3 rolls around, uh, there has been something that's changed because now we have in the garden the tempter, the, uh, the serpent who comes to tempt uh, Adam and Eve to doubt God's word and to, to uh, undertake 
practices that God has told them they shouldn't undertake. So something has happened between, you know, chapter one, where everything is good, and chapter three, where Satan comes in as the deceiver, uh, as you mentioned, and he deceives and tempts uh, Eve and Adam to sin. So uh, what's going on and why has that happened? Well, I don't know that we'll ever fully be able to answer that, but as Jesus is being tempted by the devil in Luke chapter 4, the devil says to him, if you'll bow down to me, I'll give you this world which was given to me. So it's not ultimately Satan's world. He has authority to act in the world, but it's limited authority, and it's been given to him by the one who has ultimate authority. It is God's world. And Jesus, as Jesus is being, um, as, as Jesus is being uh, approached at the very end of his ministry, Luke chapter 22, he says to those who've come to arrest him, who are representing the darkness in the world, who are driven by the tempter, by the deceiver, he says, this is your hour the dominion of darkness has come. So it's a limited time period. Satan is then defeated on the cross. His power is already a lost cause. I believe he's attempting now to take as many as he can with him into eternity in damnation because he has lost and he's a sore loser. So while the Holy Spirit works to convict people of Jesus and who he is, Satan is trying to cast doubt on that and cast doubt on Jesus's righteousness. Even the Lord's Prayer, Jesus prays, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Why does Jesus teach us to pray that way? Because this is an opportunity for believers to trust in the Lord, to grow in their faith, to stand against the one who has rebelled against God and to choose to follow Christ instead. So I'm not sure that answers the why question completely, but it does answer uh, the question of what's the scope of Satan's power. It's it's limited and it's it's already been uh, defeated. His power is already defeated. Christ has already won the battle. Uh, it's a temporary authority that he has right now. I, I think that's really helpful and encouraging. So there, that is the good news that we can kind of cling to and know he is he is just grasping. Um, Satan is just grasping for what he can do right now, but he does not hold all power. So that's helpful. Okay, so our final question, and this is kind of a significant one in this passage. What is the sin that cannot be forgiven? Can you kind of explain that and unpack it for our for our group leaders? Because they will probably get questions about this. This is a question that has been discussed a lot as well. And it's a really good question. And it's a good question for a Bible study group to look at, because this is an exercise you can do with them. Uh, the, what I'm going to talk about for the next couple of minutes, I, I rely very much 
on Dr. Aiken's commentary in the Christ-centered exposition, who points out what I'm about to point out. So this unpardonable sin, or what the Bible says is an eternal sin, in other words, you go into eternity with this sin unforgiven, what is it? Well, I think you can find the answer to that in the context of today's verses. So we look for the answer right in the verses we're studying today, which is the best Bible study of all. When you can find the answers to the questions right in the scripture, it helps. So mm -hmm. I want to point out three, three things. First of all, uh, this unpardonable sin, this eternal sin is from a hardened heart that calls good evil. In verse 22 of chapter 3 in Mark, uh, the scribes come to Jesus, and they call Jesus possessed by Beelzebul. He drives out demons by the ruler of the demons. Jesus is good, holy, and righteous, but these people who are uh, opposed to him are coming to him, and they're calling him, who is good, who is holy, something that is evil. So a hardened heart that calls good evil is a part of what this unpardonable or eternal sin is. Secondly, we see that it's willful, intentional, spiritual blindness. Uh, you mentioned when you were doing the outline that Jesus uses two really good parables. The parable, the house divided it's against itself can't stand, and no one can plunder uh, a house uh, when uh, the strong man is there, unless a stronger man comes in. Jesus is using these parables because he's trying to point out the illogic of the, the Pharisees who are coming against him. So they're trying to say he's casting out demons by demons, and Jesus is just pointing out how ridiculous that is, that if my house, if I really was driven by uh, Satan, I would be dividing my own house. I'm not dividing my own house when I cast out demons. I'm against uh, Satan, and Satan would divide his own house. And Satan uh, can't come in and overpower the one who is more powerful, him who is more powerful. So he points out how illogical they are when they claim that he throws out demons because He's their ruler. And so you have this willful, intentional spiritual blindness. They refuse to see what uh, Jesus is. And then finally, uh, this eternal sin is a verbal, continual declaration that blasphemes the Holy Spirit. And so that's verse 28 and 29. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for all sins and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. You know, recently uh, in, the, in Explore the Bible, we studied the Gospel of John uh, a couple of quarters ago. I was leading my class through uh, chapter 16, and we were looking at the role of the Holy Spirit. The role of the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus says, is that he is coming to convict people, and he's convicting them um, of sin, and he's convicting them of righteousness, 
and uh, he is coming uh, to judge what has already been judged. And so when the Holy Spirit comes uh, to convince people, to convict people that they are sinful and that Jesus is righteous, to speak against the Holy Spirit in that moment, to say, it's not, I'm not sinful. Uh, so when, when I say I'm not sinful and I resist the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that's the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. We're not listening to the conviction. We're actually calling him a liar. When the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and we say that's not sin, but we know it is in our heart, that's blasphemy mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. And that's what is the eternal sin. Uh, Dr. Aiken uh, summed it up this way. He said, the unpardonable sin is to knowingly, willingly, and persistently attribute to Satan the works of God done by and in Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, who testifies to these truths in your heart. So it's that consistent, willing denial of who Jesus is and the denial of the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what is the unpardonable sin. Gosh, that's helpful. That's really helpful. Thank you for giving a, a good explanation of that, that I think is easy to understand and, and will be easy to discuss and explain in class this week. So each week we try to highlight something in the leader guide that would be of especially good use this week. Uh, and so I want to bring some attention to pack item number one. It is a map of the area of Galilee and the surrounding area. It's a really good visual of some of the places that Jesus traveled to and what he did there. Uh, and it would be a really helpful part of this of this session, uh, really, and some other sessions. But I just want to bring attention to that. If you have a pack, uh, this would be a good week to pull that out and to bring that map uh, to class and maybe share it with your group. Before we go, let me remind you about extra. Each week, we identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news story to introduce and conclude the group time. This is basically just an, an extra or bonus teaching idea that is free. Uh, you can find them on the Explore the Bible website uh, by going to goexplorethebible.com slash leader extras. Bill, thank you for being here with us today. Well, thank you again for letting me come and I, I just want your listeners to hear and know uh, those of us here at LifeWay are praying for them on a regular basis as you lead your group. You know, that's one of the most important uh, ministries that we have in discipleship in the church is for faithful group leaders like you to lead your group. Thank you so much for what you do each and every week. Next week, we'll be discussing Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44, and our guest host will be Bob Bunn. He is part of our Explore the Bible team. Uh, we hope that you'll join us.